As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another Friday episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Happy Friday to you all, Saturday deadline again this week, 11am UK time, which is 90 minutes before the Arsenal-Newcastle game. On today's episode, I'll cover the main news from the manager press conferences, answer 10 quickfire questions, touch on captaincy and talk you through my latest transfer thoughts. There's a special offer on The Athletic this week for Black Friday, you can get a subscription for just £1 a month. Visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to take advantage of this very nice offer. Rounding up the news from the pressers, as usual, I'll just go through the teams in alphabetical order. Arsenal, first of all, no new issues. Aston Villa, Douglas Louise is available for selection. At Brentford, Jensen and Wissa are available, but Zanka is likely to miss out. At Brighton, Mwepo has recovered and is available. At Burnley, quite a few issues. Tarkowski and Westwood are suspended. Ashley Barnes is ruled out and Vidra and Rodriguez are also doubtful. So I think the fact that Tarkowski and Westwood are out could be good news for Tottenham although they weren't very impressive on Thursday night. On to Chelsea this is probably the most important update Chilwell is out these are the comments from Tuchel he has a partial injury of his ACL and the decision is to treat it conservatively and the next six weeks will tell the story if he makes it and be fully available or if he'll need surgery after that so at least six weeks of no Chilwell if you own him, it's time to sell him. And hopefully, hopefully it is only six weeks. Hopefully it's not as serious as they think it could be. Hopefully he makes a quick recovery. Kovacic is ruled out again. Kante is unlikely to feature. He wasn't completely ruled out. But Tuchel said it would be a miracle if he made a recovery. But if anyone can make a miracle recovery, it probably is N'Golo Kante. There was a few comments from Tuchel on Lukaku as well. He said, Romelu is in training. If you ask the player, he will say, yes, I can start. There is a bit of a difference between ready for training and ready for games. We only have three changes. 
the possibility that he starts is not very high. So it looks like Lukaku will be named on the bench for game week 13. At Crystal Palace, no new issues. James MacArthur is still on the sidelines, which is not great news for Gallagher because usually when MacArthur's out, Milivojevic starts and takes corners away from Gallagher. He's still a good option from open play, but we like Gallagher a lot more when he's taking those corners as well. At Everton, Ducuri is very close to making a return. It could happen this weekend. Richarlison is suspended. Calvert-Lewin remains out. There was a few comments from Benitez on Damari Gray. He said he was doing a light training session today, very light, so we'll see if he can be available, but maybe we don't have too much time. It was okay, it was less than what we were expecting. So Gray, not too seriously injured, but not a great update there either. I think if you own him anyway, regardless of injury, you probably want to be selling him anyway. Benitez also hopes to have Alan available. At Leeds, Rafinha... Rodrigo and Shackleton are all available. Good news for Rafinha owners. At Leicester, there was no press conference because they played on Thursday night. There was an issue with Johnny Evans. I think he was pulled out of the lineup just before the game. So continues to have niggling issues. Evans. If Evans doesn't play for Leicester, that could be good news for the Watford attackers. On to Liverpool, no new issues reported. Klopp is getting a lot of players back. Jota is no longer yellow flagged because he was on the bench for the midweek Champions League game, so he should hopefully start this weekend. Manchester City, Pep said Foden and Grealish are training individually and are much better, especially Phil. They will continue to be assessed, but he said he won't take any risks. So Foden, he does say, is training much better. So... I guess you can look at this as a positive update if you have them, but also I think if I owned them, it's not ideal. Uh, And I think if you've got a free transfer and you don't have Jota, you know, I've seen a few people talking about that transfer on social media over the last 15 or 20 minutes, and I like it because there is still doubts over Foden. Jota should start, having been on the bench midweek, and it's a very good fixture for Jota at home to Southampton. So I probably would make the switch there if you don't have other issues. Kevin De Bruyne, remains out with COVID. At Manchester United, Shaw and Fred are doubtful. Shaw picked up another head knock. I think he had concussion recently, so hopefully that is not too serious. No new issues at Newcastle. Eddie Howe is fit and available and will be in the dugout. Norwich, no new issues there either. At Southampton, Stuart Armstrong remains out, but Nathan Redmond is available again. Tottenham, There was no presser again because they played on Thursday night. But if you haven't seen it, go back and watch Conte's comments after the game. Not very good. You know, just basically saying he realises what a big problem Tottenham are at the moment and how much of a job he has on his hands. So not really what we want to hear if we're invested in the likes of Kane and Son. But hopefully they'll do the business this weekend against Burnley. On to Watford. Big one here, Ismail Assar is ruled out, but there was no time frame, so we don't know how serious the injury is. What that does mean is there's going to be a new penalty taker at Watford while he is on the sidelines. And I'm hoping, as someone who's going to buy Josh King tonight, that he will take over from Sar. Sar missed the last two anyway, so he might have been off them, even if he was fit for this game. West Ham, no issues reported by David Moyes, but he's the kind of manager who probably wouldn't tell us anyway if there was an issue. And finally, at Wolves, Willie Bowley is ruled out, but I don't think he's played a Premier League game this season anyway. 
10 quick fire questions now ahead of gimmick 13. First one is from Jay Gordon. Do you think Alonso is going to start in place of Chilwell? Absolutely yes. I've seen quite a few people debating this on social media. I think it's overthinking. Alonso is the only natural left wing back at Chelsea now. He played really well earlier in the season and we know what he's done in the past as well. So I totally expect to see Marcus Alonso's name in the starting 11 for the Manchester United game. And I think Alonso will be a regular while Chilwell was out. So I really like Alonso now as an option. Question from Dan Brackley. In light of the Chilwell news, is Diaz to Alonso worth the transfer if you already own the other three wingbacks? And I'm going to put in another question along with this one because it's related. Mike said, assuming Chilwell was injured, which now we know he is, is the best back four now Trent, Cancelo, James and Alonso? Yeah, I don't think the Chilwell injury has changed things in FPL. Before his injury, it was Trent, Cancelo, James and Chilwell that we were all trying to get to. You just quite simply now replace Chilwell with Alonso, who's going to come in for him. And I do think that is your ideal back four. And I'm making three transfers tonight for a minus four to move from a 3-4-3 back to a 4-4-2 formation. It's kind of 4-4-2 slash 4-3-3, depending on who I start from week to week. Uh, The question about Diaz to Alonso, do I think it's a good one? Yes, but only... If you're not ignoring other problems, for example, if you've got a rubbish bench going into this busy period, improve that first of all. But if it's a luxury transfer, yes, I do expect Alonso to outscore Diaz over the Christmas period. Question from Mark Cram. Antonio is off form whilst Reese James is ripping it up. Is a minus four using funds from Antonio to upgrade Tierney to Reese James a good move, especially for someone who doesn't have a Chelsea defender? Yeah, I think if I was sitting in a scenario now, which I actually am with the Chilwell injury, of not having a fit Chelsea defender, I think that is the priority to get one, at least one, if not two. Uh, So I don't mind that move, given that Antonio has been very disappointing over the last nine or ten game weeks. If you want to move the cash from Antonio and replace him with Rhys James for an extra defender, even if it's a minus four, if you think Rhys James is going to continue to smash it, I think that's totally fine. If you've given up on Antonio, yeah, I wouldn't stop anyone from making those moves because Antonio does have, I think it's City this week and Chelsea's coming up in the next three as well. So the fixtures are tricky for West Ham and Antonio. I think I'm going to bench Antonio this week and start my new signing, Josh King. Question from Stevo. After blanking in three games, is it viable to sell Foden and bring in a cheaper midfielder like Corney or Gallagher? in order to go big at the back. Yeah, absolutely. Especially now you've got the slight injury doubt over Foden as well. Couple that with the three blanks, and and I'm sure most owners are having itchy trigger fingers today to get rid of Foden. So yeah, the the points are at the back at the moment. So I think everyone is, or most people, are going towards, you know, four defenders or or some people even five defenders. So I think that's that's totally fine. And the players you mentioned, Steve-O, Corne, I really like as a differential. And Gallagher, you know, just so consistent. Palace are excellent and they've got really good fixtures. So I probably would lean towards Gallagher over Corney. But if you want to be, you know, make a more exciting pick that not many people have, then Corney, I think, is a perfectly viable option as well. Question from Dominic. Son to Jota. What are my thoughts on that? Spurs really aren't instilling much confidence. Conte doesn't seem very confident either. So Dominic has also 
obviously watch that video of a very angry looking Conte last night. Son to Jota, would I do it? I can understand the temptation. Obviously frees up a lot of cash. Liverpool are a much better side than Tottenham at the moment. But I would guess there's probably a move in your squad that might be more effective or might have more of an impact because Son, we know he's still a good player, got a couple of good fixtures to come. So I probably would just hold on to him and maybe try and find a way of getting Jota in alongside Son rather than in place of him. Or you could just bank your transfer for a bit of flexibility for the midweek fixtures. Question from Antec. Antec owns Wilfred Zaha. Is he a keep or a sell? If I own Zaha, I think I would keep him because Palace have the fixtures. You know, don't forget Zaha did score two goals in his last three games. I know he blanked in the most recent game week, which is why you might be thinking about selling them. Maybe there is a couple of better options out there, but I think I'd rather save the transfer and have two free transfers for midweek as opposed to selling Zaha. Next two fixtures for Palace are Aston Villa and Leeds. So that's that's pretty good. So I would probably give Zaha those two and then reassess it. Question from FPL Titanic. Hopefully you're... Game week, it's not a sinking one. I'm downgrading Ronaldo this week. Finally, I'd really like to go with Benteke as a replacement. Do you think he'll keep up his recent form? And the main reason I included this question is because I love that we're going into the Christmas period and people are considering selling Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the best players in the world, for Christian Benteke. That just shows you how crazy the forward situation is in FPL at the moment. But... I think it's fine because if you want to move your cash from Ronaldo into midfield and into defence, then if you're freeing freeing up cash, Benteke, for me, it came down to Benteke versus Josh King. Uh, Both have very good underlying numbers. I just feel King is a little bit more secure in the starting 11 than Benteke is at Crystal Palace. But yeah, there there was very little between it, between those two. I think Benteke is a fine option. I'm seeing quite a few people buy him this week and I haven't you know, advised anybody not to because he's passing the eye test. He's, he's getting plenty of chances. His numbers are good. Fixtures are good. Patrick Vieira is doing a great job. So Benteke could be in for a very good season. Uh, just make sure you spend the cash you save wisely in other positions. Question from Partho. Given the circumstances, do you think playing four or five defenders and four or five midfielders and just one forward is the way to go now, at least for a while. Yeah, it's totally viable. I think what we're going to see is is a few managers not necessarily selling all their forwards, but maybe being more open to benching them. You know, this week I'm probably going to bench Antonio because he's got the difficult fixture against Man City and play four at the back instead. Anyone who's on a 3-4-3 formation is probably on their way to a, a 4-4-2 or you know, 4-5-1. And, and I think it's fine. You've got to ride the wave at the moment. Defenders and midfielders are performing much better than the forwards. So for as long as that is the case, you know, ride the wave, get as many good defenders and good midfielders as you can. And then in a couple of weeks' time, we'll probably be moving back towards forwards when some of them start delivering again. And the likes of Bamford and Calvert-Lewin are back from injury. So yeah, I think 4-5-1, don't think I've ever played it consistently in FPL at any point, but totally viable at the moment, the way the landscape is. Final question for this week is from Sean Henderson. As a Manchester United fan, what do you think of the new manager and will it affect your FPL decisions? So if I'm totally honest, I know very, very little about Ralph Ranić. I am a very Premier League focused person. I spend all my time watching Premier League, analysing the Premier League, looking at numbers from the Premier League. I don't watch the Championship 
I don't watch other European leagues. I don't even watch much Champions League or Europa League. I'm very much Premier League focused. And when you're watching five or six Premier League games every week, there's very little time for others. So I'm going to spend part of my weekend this weekend doing some reading and research into the new manager. From what I've seen so far on social media, people are very excited about Ranić. Um, obviously very experienced and, and has worked a lot with the likes of Tuchel and Klopp and these guys. So very excited to have him at Manchester United and intrigued to see how the rest of the season goes uh, and then what we do in terms of a manager come next season. So looking forward to it. Will it impact my FPL decisions? Not straight away, but that's mainly because of fixtures. Next three for United are Chelsea, Arsenal and Crystal Palace, which I think is three tricky enough fixtures. But then after that, I think it's probably game week 16. Uh, there's a nice run. Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle and Burnley. So give ourselves a few weeks. Let's see how United react to the new manager. And then once those fixtures turn, I think we'll be looking towards the likes of Ronaldo, maybe Luke Shaw and Greenwood and these guys again. So yeah, it's a wait and see for me. You know, got to see which players he favours and, and how they perform over those next couple of fixtures. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Moving on to captaincy, I'm going to do about 10 seconds on captaincy because Mohamed Salah is at home to Southampton. Very easy decision this week. I wouldn't even think about going anywhere else, just captain Salah and sleep easy tonight and tomorrow night. Transfer thoughts. I've got two free transfers. I haven't made any moves yet. I've been waiting for all the information from the pressers before doing it. A couple of price rises this week for some of my targets like Reese James and Jota, but that didn't bother me. I never worry about team value. So I'm looking at a minus four tonight for a bit of surgery, which will move me from 3-4-3 into a 4-4-2. So initially I was going to get 
rid of Ben White and get Reese James to give me the Chilwell James double up. So I was I was really looking forward to finally having the Chelsea double up, but now I'm probably not going to be able to get there until midweek. So the minus four that is most likely going to happen tonight will be Chilwell, Mbumo and Vardy out for Reese James, Jota and Josh King. That will leave me cash in the bank for a midweek transfer if I want to do it of Ben White to Alonso to give me the Chelsea wing back double up. Obviously I have the option this week of doing White to Alonso but it would be a minus eight and it feels like I'm forcing things a little bit if I do a minus eight rather than a minus four. People who've, who followed me for a couple of seasons will know I don't like taking too many hits and, and minus eights give me a, a shiver down my spine. So Ben White has a good fixture against Newcastle so I'll probably just start him rather than taking a minus four to sell him and then probably do Ben White to Alonso midweek as long as no issues crop up in the meantime. So that's where I'm at. Obviously that could change between now and tonight but I'm pretty set on those targets. James, Jota and Josh King. I like King this week because Johnny Evans is doubtful uh, and I'm hopeful that Josh King will get penalties as well. So I think he's a very good option. Numbers are really good for the season as well. Just a nice a bargain option. He's going to be my first sub for the Christmas period. Uh, he's got some good fixtures over I think, you know, game week 16, 17, 18. So if he is needed off the bench, hopefully he can do the business for me. Best of luck for game week 13, folks. Enjoy the games and enjoy your weekend. Remember, there's a midweek round of matches next week. So what I'm going to do is record an episode of the podcast late on Sunday night, which will drop at some point on Monday for your listening. So keep an eye out for that one. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me as a full-time fantasy manager, visit patreon.com forward slash FPL general. And all I'm left to say is I wish you all green arrows. Have a good one, folks. The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.